You're listening to the Take Him With You podcast with Rick and Amy on the Stitcher Radio Network. This is episode 286 for September 7th, 2014. I am Amy. And I'm Rick. We did this backwards today. It's because I'm wearing my sunglasses and it's almost at night. That's right. Don't mess around with guys in shades. That was 80s at its best. I remember that song. I do too. It was really popular when I was working at church camp at Camp Bethel in Hump Tulips, Washington. What? Can't The camp was located in Hump Tulips, Washington. Yeah, we have a town right here in our county called Hump Tulips. Mm-hmm. That's kind of unfortunate. And a band. Well, the band named themselves after. We have friends that are in the band, Hump yeah, Tulips. We yeah, we do. We do. Mm-hmm. We like growing tulips. We do. But hopefully none of them have humps on the tulips. I'm not going anywhere with this one. You know, like you know, like a hump like a back. Camel. Yeah. Okay, so we're off to a That went start. nowhere quick. <laughs> I'm going to take my sunglasses off now so I can see because I have all these visions in my eyes. Hmm. Okay. I just think it's funny when you haven't listened to a song since you were in the 80s. Mm-hmm. And then you listen to it way further out than when you were. Mm-hmm. And you go, huh, that was really stupid. <laughs> well, you were listening. Don't mess around with Ouch. the guy in shades. That hurt That's my, really crazy. That hurt my ears. Sorry. Well, you were listening to some pop music today, and and the lyrics just kind of struck you as really stupid. Well, we were watching. What was um, that? Well, I don't know if I should say what the new was the new. Oh, that's all right. Yeah, um, but we were watching Jimmy Fallon last night. It's the Tonight Show, and actually, it was from a while back. And it was. Well, okay, you had recorded it, and yeah. I finally got around to watching it. Yeah. And there was a guy on there doing this song, and it was like the same three words over again. Yeah. And it was like really lame, but, you know, that's okay. Everyone well, okay, likes so different music. I went and listened to the top ten songs, or, or looked at the top ten songs on iTunes, mm-hmm. and there really wasn't anything good on it. There was maybe two songs that were cool. That's about it. Mm-hmm. And I play them on the radio, thanks. Well, not all of them, because not all of them are country. That's right. I just said the two or three that were good were. We're on, on the country Oh, my station. gosh. Do I hear myself? Uh-oh. Uh, are you becoming a country lover? Not really, but I did enjoy watching Blake Shelton on The Tonight Show. He was hilarious. He was funny. I get a kick out of, he's got this, like, funny look at Jimmy Fallon, and they, he calls him Jimmy Fallon. Mm-hmm. Jimmy Fallon. Like falling down. Yep. And uh, it's just funny <laughs> to see them. Uh, by the way, um, 
Blake Shelton is a country music star guy from The Voice. He he's on the show The Voice, but he's on, he hosts a lot of other shows too now. Country Music Awards. I didn't know that. that kind of stuff. Yeah. Well, now he's plays. He it's funny. His latest album that's coming out on the thirtieth is he said he wanted to get back to his country roots, 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 roots. And um, so therefore, he sang about betrayal and getting stabbed in the back and you know beer and he went right back to the normal country music subjects. Yeah. And so that's what he's all excited about. And I thought, I was kind of getting happy when they're getting out of that kind of stuff. It was funny, though, because I was listening to a song the other day, and it was like, God is good, or beer, something. It talked about God being good and beer, and it it was, like, really funny. It was a really funny song. It's like... Well, God, beer, don't and you think Je- don't you think <laughs> okay. Jesus would drink beer if he was here? Um, I don't know. Maybe he drank wine. You know, back in the Bible times, they didn't have like water purification plants, so you know, um, drinking alcohol was a matter of necessity. I think a lot of times. I don't know. I, I, mean, I have not. I'm not an anthropologist. Yeah. Well, but, it, it's uh, interesting because, you know, I like reading a lot of historical fiction and it they talked it talks in in fiction or or historical writings about watered wine and water being mixed. And I imagine that when that be watery wine. Okay, what I was going to say here was that when you put the wine in the water, the wine would have a disinfecting property. So it would be like putting pine salt in the water today. Well, except for I wouldn't want to drink pine salt. But alcohol would kill the the buggy, germy bacteria or whatever bad stuff in the water. Got it. So they would sometimes mix wine and water. Great wine, thank you. I don't know how great it would taste, but yeah. it it would disinfect the water. How did we get on this? I have no, absolutely no idea. We were talking about country music and if Jesus would drink beer. Oh, that's right. Maybe Do- if it was good beer, he might. Like, I haven't never tasted any good beer. Good but, beer. Well, I tasted the kind that we feed the slugs and I spit it out because it tasted horrible. I thought I'd just taste what we were feeding the slugs. You did? I put a little. Oh my gosh, you guys! Amy drank beer. I didn't drink it. I I put it in my mouth and you know then beer is backwards, I don't you? Spit it out because it was so disgusting. Reeb. Reeb. Okay, but anyway, it was really gross beer. Well, that's because it is really gross beer. They bought us the cheapest beer possible. Yeah, our neighbors felt bad that I had a hard time buying beer, and so they gave us some beer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I yeah. think some it was either hand. They got. They gave hams. us hams and some rain beer. beer. So it, you know, it was it was a cheap can kind that Amy drank is. beer. I didn't Amy drink drank it. beer, and I can't. What? I didn't drink it. I put it in my mouth, swished it don't around, care. Amy and drank beer spit and I it don't out because it tasted bad. Amy drank beer, and I don't care. I didn't drink it. Amy drank beer, and I don't care. I didn't drink it. Right. I tasted it, but I spit it out. Kind of like you in, you didn't inhale. I've never inhaled anything. That's not true. I've seen you eat dinner sometimes. Oh, I guess I have inhaled food. Yeah. But I've never inhaled, you know, substances that would alter your mind or anything. <laughs> <laughs> wow, this is really an interesting... This is not what we were going to talk about. Okay, yeah. <coughs> I know, you know, the, the one thing, the... the um. Red Cross loves it when I come to bring it, you know, donate because I've had such a boring life. I I've been with the same man forever. I don't I call don't, that boring. Well, that's not boring, but I'm just saying. Gosh, I don't, I'm boring. I don't have any weird diseases. Mm, that's good. And I don't haven't used drugs, and you know. You have the disease of love, baby. I love you. That's true. But yeah, I don't. You know, when you're in a and doing the monogamy thing, you don't get (laughs) 
Um, monogamous. Do, 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 do. You don't get monogamous. weird things. Do, 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 do. <laughs> monogamous. Do, 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 do. Monogamy is a good thing. Uh, I think I, it's a good I thing. I think some beautiful tables have been made out of mahogany. They're gorgeous. Oh so, how was your week? Uh, I'm trying to remember. It. I've I've been so busy. You know, I took the job at the at the Baptist Church in Raymond, uh, doing interim pastor for them, and uh, and at the same time, I was working on some video projects for the YMCA, and at the same time, I did. I don't think I did any voiceovers last week, but I did do the radio job and then a couple other things. So kind of was busy all week. I didn't really have any time to slow down. Um, and then even today, after we do the podcast, I finally will get to make some dinner and relax and maybe watch some TV for the first time in forever. Because what's been going on lately is about the time that I can actually sit down and watch something on TV... I can only see five minutes of it, and then I wake up an hour and a half later in the chair. Is that what I sound like? I don't know. It's probably what I sound like. Well, you do sometimes, but not very often. <laughs> I'm the one that snores like a chainsaw. But uh, it's just, you know, sometimes when, you, when you're when you busy, you kind of got to yeah. do what you need to do. But, um, you know, as long as somebody asked, how do you do all the things we do? Because we did a wedding this weekend. Uh, I mean, I actually did you the, officiated. the officiated a wedding. So you were there for the rehearsal and, and for, for the, the ceremony. Mm -hmm. And I thought it, it was. Did you did you think it went well? I think so. It was, it was pretty. It we was were outside. At a pretty location. Ninety Beautiful. degrees out. It was hot. It was. <laughs> it was hot. But, but was at least gorgeous. it wasn't raining. And in Washington, for that, we are thankful. Yeah, it was beautiful blue skies, and they had lanterns and. Um, it was all pretty and, and beautiful dahlias on the tables. Mm -hmm. It was really nice. And they and, and instead of ranges. having chairs, they had picnic tables. It worked. Yeah, and 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 I married them in front of a stump with a makeshift arbor that was very cool looking. Out of like branches. And yeah, leaves. it was real it was pretty. pretty. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And but I've never had this happen before. Mm -hmm. But during this ceremony, um, the ring bearer was a small dog. That had the rings taped to his back. I think he was a or tied to his back. something. All I know yeah. is that if if I was learned a martial arts, it would be named that dog, like Jiu-Jitsu or something. Yeah. So he came. He was really cute and everything, and I got to meet him. He had a little a week before tux that. vest on. Yeah, it was very yeah. cute. So he comes up, and then the ring bearer went ahead and held him with a leash. Mm -hmm. And so we started into the wedding ceremony. Everything's going well except the bride's crying tears of joy and everything and they are so cute you know it was a great couple and then we get to the part where um they, they're gonna were, do their vows aren't they or no they're gonna exchange they were, rings they were holding hands i think they were doing the rings, their rings and you're about ready to pronounce a man and wife right and so stuff. we're doing the rings and all of a sudden i hear oh, oh and i look down and everybody starts to laugh and the dog is seriously chomping at the bit and Either he's really excited about it. I think he sees them holding hands and looking and he lovely at each other. Too. And he wants to be in the middle He was middle jealous. Of it. And then the funniest part was, I thought, you know, I thought the bride was, you know, kind of, you know, just so into the wedding and everything. She turns to the dog and says in front of everyone, well, you can't object now. It's over with. <laughs> it's done. It's done. And, and the dog just kind of looked at her and went, oh. Yeah, the so I just went ahead and got louder. For a few I, minutes. I got louder and pr pronounced the man and wife and let them kiss. And uh, then they uh, went down the aisle to, uh, I think I want to marry you. Mm -hmm. And the funny part was I had, I'm like, oh my gosh, that song sounds so familiar. And then I remembered it's because you and Catherine every once in a while will watch Glee. Uh -huh. And that's where I get my fix of weird pop music. It's ridiculous. Well, sometimes and I knew the done, song because of Glee. Yeah. Sometimes they did Journey. Did I just say, I don't really that. like Glee. I used to like Glee when it first came out, but I don't well, like it anymore. It just kind of went downhill. I, I think thought. I only watched it one or two times this last season. So, yeah, I just haven't made the time to watch it. I like musicals, but sometimes their, story, their plot writing was a little bit silly. Silly? Yeah. Is that the word for it? Silly? Silly, goofy. Kind of like watching Under the Dome. Yeah, it's been a little bit silly too lately. A little bit? Yeah. What's up? I'm so glad. But we have a hard time for staying my friend awake Wayne Henderson and Troy. Thing. Huh? <laughs> <What>? <laughs> we have a hard time staying awake for the whole thing and to watch it. 
In fact, tonight, usually on Sunday nights, they play a Columbo episode. I love Columbo. I love watching Columbo. And we saw him in another movie. Remember that? Mm -hmm. I think he was younger, though. Yeah, a lot yeah. younger. And what was he in? He was was he in was Wonder it Woman? Bionic Man or Wonder Woman? Bionic Man or Wonder Woman or something? Yeah, you're watching. And and I was I was like, oh, it's it's Columbo, but he was a lot younger. Well, and then and then wait, I'm not done. What? Oh, I just have to leave by six o'clock, so oh, you have, I have to be 15 gone. Fifteen minutes to finish oh, the man. podcast. Wow, we're gonna do a quick one then, I guess. But yeah. it's not really good. It's okay. So go ahead and say what you need to say. Well, I had my first day at the church. Mm -hmm. And, and this Jade is, helped you. Jade came with me. She was mm -hmm. my church dog. But uh, it was real cute. A um, uh, gentleman that has been at the church for a long time met me there, met us there, mm -hmm. and showed me. He went and bought a desk for me, which was just a thrift store desk, and set it up so I'd have somewhere to It works. Work. Yeah. I do need to get a different chair, though. Yeah, the chair kind of you sink into it, and then it's hard to get up. <laughs> yeah, so we'll find a we'll find an office chair. You and could take it maybe with us. even take my chair for the studio uh, or something. No, we'll see. We'll figure it out. But it, I had my first day there, and you gotta have to understand this this church is over a hundred years old. Yeah, much over, like hundred. Been there or for six. a long, yeah. long time. Mm -hmm. And I just thought it was so sweet that they got it a little bit ready for me because they didn't really know what I was, what I was going to do with it, and. Uh, this morning I was able, I got internet hooked up on Friday at the church, and now we're able to use internet, which is nice. It's only 10 megabits per second, which is, I don't know, like four so, times less than what this is So here. did you get like a, a cheaper version or something? I got something? the DSL, yeah. The, the budget... Yeah, we don't really need fast, super fast internet at the church. So I got it so we could check email and, you know, transfer PowerPoint presentations and, you know, that kind of thing. Surf the web, that kind of thing. And I can do my study but tools. But no one's going to be streaming video probably. Well, you can. I think six megabytes is where you where it starts being kind of okay. Ten is pretty good. But, you know, we're used to Comcast, which is... 25 40 50 well for your business stuff that you do yeah when you're uploading all, yeah. video yeah. and different things. and i got uh, this week i also got to upload some really cool video um a gentleman had a drone down here in the grace harbor area real fancy one like a four or before five thousand dollar one before it got outlawed yeah well they got yeah they got in trouble okay they, they took a bunch of pictures from the air of the downtown aberdeen area and i take care of the website for mm -hmm. downtown aberdeen and um uh, it was really cool to watch. It was really neat to see it from the air and think, it, you know, when you were a kid, I don't know if you ever had dreams about flying, but I always did. I always had really weird dreams that I would fly and spin around our playground at in grade school. Well, I just like to, I, you know, I don't reason. like heights, but I always dreamed I could fly and could just fly anywhere and look at things from up above. And in this case, that drone is, it has a gyro on it. And it's not like the drones you see that are real shaky and loud and everything. Uh -huh. This is battery powered, has a GPS system in it, and it goes up and it takes HD footage in 1080p. Mm -hmm. And it's amazing looking. And yeah. it looks like you're seriously just floating in the air. It was awesome. So I, I downloaded Every a bunch once of that in video. a while, you'd see a little corner of the drone. Of the, or the camera. Yeah, because yeah. the camera would turn or whatever. Yeah, but, it was pretty And neat. then get this. This is so cool. Let's say you're out using the drone and it's a really expensive drone. Mm -hmm. Okay. And it knows, because it has lithium type of batteries or whatever in it, it, and a GPS, it knows when the power is starting to go down, knows how much power it'll take to get wherever it's at to get back to where it started. It remembers where it took off from and takes over your controls and flies back and lands before wow. the power goes out so it doesn't Well, yeah, because some of those are five, six grand yeah, for some yeah. of those drones. So that's what I got to do this week. What yeah. did you get to do this week, dearie? Um, boy, I worked and, um, yeah, I had a busy work week this week and then I came down to Raymond and helped you a little bit on Friday yeah, you did. and, you know, you had the rehearsal and then we yeah. had the wedding and yeah. so this next week I don't have as busy of work week, but my son's mother-in-law is going to come and stay with us Saturday. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to be doing a few things to get ready for her. Coming. And we have our block party. And we have our block party next Sunday. Yeah. So we have a lot of fun. 
Um, we're going to have to go ahead and play the message from today, which was kind of fun. That's just something else well, I I wasn't going to put with. it on our podcast. You weren't? No, I'm going to start putting it on the website at the church. Oh, I thought I was going to talk to you today about how opposites attract. That was my subject for the day. Oh, you never told me that. Yeah, well, you rushed in here before I could talk to you about it. Well, I was, I waited for you for like a half an hour and now I have to leave. I paid the, the phone bill. Oh, well, that's good. I know, Kat. We need to go, don't we? Can you start no, loading it's, it's, up the it's car 50, and I'll fine. be there in a few minutes? Oh, look, at Jane came to say hi. Hello, Jane. So My I, d- I didn't know that we were, I thought we were playing the sermon that you had today. Well, I guess we can if you would like to. We I can... think it was a good sermon because You even think it'll though... encourage people because it was really specifically it, for... It was a... kind of specifically for a local church, but I think everybody needs to just get a shot in the arm that it's okay to have a new beginning and something to look forward to. All right. And that's kind of what it was about, about making a fresh start and a new beginning. And so let's go ahead and play that message. It is called out, um, out from the rubble or up from the rubble or how'd you do that? What was it called? Wasn't it rising? Rising from the rubble. Yeah. And not Barney Rubble, but that, like, you know, when things have been kind of broken down and and how to build them back up again. So that was the message today. Out of Nehemiah chapter 1 and 2. And you can read right along. Sure, because I read two chapters. It's pretty cool. Yeah. So pretty cool, I guess. Why don't you go ahead and play that, and then well, we can just we'll end right now. I'll, I'll end. I'll oh, end you'll for end. You. Okay, because okay. I need to get okay. our see, daughter's see later, getting my ready wife. to go on a road trip. So. Everybody, say bye to Amy. Bye bye. <laughs> it's a whirlwind, baby. There she goes. She's right off. Here. Thanks. Kissy, kissy. So there we go. Um, uh, yeah. Okay. So I'm gonna. I didn't plan on playing this message in the podcast. But I guess I will, if that's okay with you. I really didn't hear if anybody liked last week's message, so I guess we'll play this one and find out. (laughs) I'll be back at the end to uh, say goodbye. If you if you have your Bibles with you today, let's turn to Nehemiah chapter one. We're going to read two chapters in the Bible today, and believe it or not, nobody will fall asleep because these are pretty exciting chapters. I remember um, thinking the Bible was really boring until I read it. Do you ever have that? Oh, the Bible isn't. Oh, it's not very good. There's nothing in it. Blah blah blah. And I'm like, Have you ever read it? Well, no. Well, how can you say that? That's like. Picking up a newspaper and saying, somebody saying, well, is there any good news in there? I don't know. There's nothing really good in there. Have you read it? No. Huh? How does that work? The Bible has a lot of really great things for us. And believe it or not, it's a very, very practical and very um, insightful book. In fact, there are a lot of things that can be avoided as far as problems in life if we would read our Bible. There's a lot of answers to the questions that we are looking for. The School of Hard Knocks may be what we all seem to learn from, but wouldn't it be nice if we could actually learn something and avoid it? Am I the only one that wants to do that? I, I certainly want to. And so when I read things and go, oh, well, I guess that makes sense. I, I have a feeling that God knows what's best for us. He knows what's best for me, that's for sure. I want to start a series uh, for this next month. Uh, There's three sermons in this series that relate to each other. We're going to be in the book of Nehemiah. And the reason that I picked this particular series is because when when I was asked if I would be willing to come alongside and be an interim pastor here, help you find a pastor, permanent pastor for this church, and also um, help kind of get everybody on the same page and go forward, the very first thing I thought of, it just blew up inside of me, was Nehemiah. Because Nehemiah 
is a very encouraging and exhilarating book about going from one season to another season. Coming to an end of something and then beginning something new. And how many love new beginnings? There, there's something refreshing and exciting about that. Have you ever been in a rut or felt like you went through something really rough and you just didn't come out on the other side okay? Have you felt that way before? Well, mostly everybody feels that way at one point or another in their life. And we're going to find out how Nehemiah dealt with this feeling. And I believe it will parallel where we're going as a church. Now, I'm not going to be ooey-gooey and spiritual and say that God spoke to me in a vision or anything like that. He didn't. So don't worry. Uh, I'm not hearing weird voices from here or there. But I am saying that when you read scripture and it inspires you, it's a good thing. And as long as we follow what scripture says and we get into what the Bible says, we're going to find things that will help us not only as individuals, which is always the nice part of it, but also as a fellow believer in a body together. It's really, really good stuff. So with that in mind, let's pray. Lord, thank you for your Bible. Thank you for all the great things that you do in our hearts and in our lives. Uh, you are a detail person. We can sometimes not see this way or that way, but you see the beginning and the end. You see everything in between and you know what's best for us. Would you, Lord, today, as we look into your Bible, would you begin to stir in our hearts a vision and a direction, Lord, for not only this church, but our lives? Help us, God, as we gaze into your perfect word, Lord, that gives freedom to us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so I said, all of us go through times of loss, tragedy, circumstances out of our control. And to cope with that loss, a lot of us medicate or numb our feelings through exterior means. Now, do you understand what that means? Sometimes people will take drugs. Sometimes people will drink. Sometimes people will entertainment out. They'll just, all they ever just watch all sorts of movies or, or they get involved in a hobby so strong that that's all they do. It consumes them. But the fact is, a lot of us don't want to hit head on into our problems because it's harder to, to deal with reality than it is to just do something else that numbs the pain. Well, we're going to follow a man today that had finally had enough of loss. Have you ever been fed up? It's like, what else can go wrong? What else can I lose? How many times can I get hit? How many times can our family experience this? Have you ever been there? Well, finally, this gentleman that we're going to talk about today had enough. He was tired of it. He decided instead of just complaining about it and feeling, woe is me, he decided to do something about it. And we're going to find that after obeying God and doing what was right, miracles followed and thousands, not just him, but thousands of his countrymen were restored and encouraged. So if you would, chapter one of Nehemiah. We're going to book through this pretty fast because I have a lot to talk about in a short amount of time. The words of Nehemiah, son of Hakaliah. In the month of Kislev, in the 20th year, while I was in the citadel of Susa, Hanani, one of my brothers, came from Judah with some other men, and I questioned them about the Jewish remnant that had survived the exile, and also about Jerusalem. They said to me, those who survived the exile and are back in the province are in great trouble and disgrace. The wall of Jerusalem is broken down, and its gates have been burned with fire. Well, when I heard these things, I sat down and wept. For some days I mourned and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. And then I said, Lord, the God of heaven, the great and awesome God who keeps his covenant of love with those who love him and keep his commandments. Let your ear be attentive and your eyes open to, a, to hear the prayer your servant is praying before you day and night for your servants, the people of Israel. I confess the sins we Israelites, including myself and my father's family, have committed against you. We've acted very wickedly towards you. We've not obeyed the commands, decrees, and the laws that you gave your servant Moses. 
Remember the instruction you gave your servant Moses saying, If you are unfaithful, I will scatter you among the nations. But if you return to me and obey my commands, then even if your exiled people are in the farthest horizon, I'll gather them from there and bring them to the place I have chosen as a dwelling for my name. They are your servants and your people, whom you redeem by your great strength and your mighty hand. Lord, let your ear be attentive to the prayer of this your servant and to the prayer of your servants who delight in revering your name. Give your servant success today by granting him favor in the presence of this man. I was the cupbearer to the king. All right, stop there for just a moment. Last week, I made a flippant remark about Nehemiah being the bartender to the king. And I have to say that he was much more than the bartender. In fact, he really wasn't the bartender. He had a very important position in the kingdom. In fact, he was one of the most trusted men in the kingdom. Because the cupbearer not only gave the king his wine and drink, but he tested it beforehand to make sure it wasn't poisoned by taking it himself. Now, commitment, I guess, to show up to work on time and mix the drinks and give the king the drinks, is that's a commitment. But a real commitment is taking a sip of it before the king does and hoping you're not going to keel over and die. That's real commitment. This guy was an amazing servant to the king and put his life on the line every day to make sure that the king was protected and safe. So he was more than a bartender. He was the cupbearer. That's a big deal. Chapter 2. In the month of Nisan, you see they had Nisans in the Bible. Do you drive one of those? Okay, no. In the 20th year of King Artaxer, uh, okay, this is a hard name. Artaxerxes. Artaxerxes. Okay, say that five times fast. When the wine was brought to him, I took the wine and I gave it to the king. I had not been sad in his presence before. So the king asked me, why does your face look so sad when you're not ill? This can be nothing but sadness of heart. So the king recognized the cupbearer is not so happy. I was very much afraid. Can you imagine if the presence of the king who you can, you can live and be blessed or you can die and, well, you die. <laughs> he has that power in his hands. And he notices Nehemiah's countenance. And then Nehemiah says, I was very much afraid. But I said to the king, may the king live forever. Why should my face not look sad? When the city where my ancestors are buried lies in ruins and the gates have been destroyed by fire. The king said to me, well, what is it that you want? Ooh, that gives me goosebumps. Then I prayed to the God of heaven and I answered the king. In other words, Lord, help me say what I need to say. If it pleases the king and if your servant has found favor in your sight, let him send me. To the city in Judah where my ancestors are buried so I can rebuild it. Then the king with the queen sitting beside him asked me, how long will your journey take and when will you be back? It pleased the king to send me. So I set a time. Well, I also said to him, if it pleases the king, may I have letters to the governors of Trans Euphrates so that they will provide me safe conduct uh, until I arrive in Judah. And may I have a letter to Asaph. Keeper of the royal park. So he will give me timber to make beams for the gates of the citadel by the temple. And for the city wall and the residence I will occupy. And because the gracious hand of my God was on me. The king granted my request. Folks the king gave him an unlimited Home Depot card. That's a big deal. So I went to the governors of Trans-Euphrates and I gave them the king's letters. And the king also, or had also sent army officers and a cavalry with me. So he backed it up. He not only got the credit card, he got all the armed forces to go along and say, this guy can get what he needs. When Sanballat 
the Horonite and Tobiah, the Ammonite officials, heard about this, they were very much disturbed that someone had come to promote the welfare of the Israelites. Now we're going to have a little bit of opposition from the enemy. So I went to Jerusalem, and after staying there three days, I set out during the night with a few others, and I had not told anyone what my God had put in my heart to do for Jerusalem. There were no mounts with me except the one I was riding on. By night, I went out through the valley gate towards the jackal well and the dung gate, examining the walls of Jerusalem, which had been broken down, and its gates, which had been destroyed by fire. Then I moved on towards the fountain gate and the king's pool, but there was not enough room for my mount to get through. So I went up the valley by night, examining the wall. Finally, I turned back and re-entered through the valley gate. The officials did not know where I had gone or what I was doing, because as of yet, I had said nothing to the Jews or the priests or the nobles or officials or any others who would be doing the work. (laughs) And then I said to them, You see the trouble we're in? Jerusalem lies in ruins and its gates have been burned with fire. Come, let us rebuild the wall of Jerusalem and we will no longer be in disgrace. I also told them about the gracious hand of my God on me and what the king had said to me. They replied, let us start building. So they began this good work. But when Sanballat the Horonite Tobiah the Ammonite official and Geshem the Arab heard about it. They mocked and ridiculed us. What is this you're doing? They asked. Are you rebelling against the king? I answered them by saying, the God of heaven will give us success. We, his servants, will start rebuilding. But as for you, you have no share in Jerusalem or any claim or historic right to it. How many agree? That's pretty an amazing. That's an amazing story so far, and we haven't even got to the good part yet. This is a, a very unique story about a man who cared enough about his country and his countrymen that he did something about it. He risked his reputation and his life in order to improve and rebuild what God wanted for his country. Nehemiah did something incredible. He raises the nation back up out of the rubble because he believed in the plan of God for his life and for the nation. So with that in mind, listening to that story, I want to share with you five things that I believe Nehemiah reveals to us and that we can use as a church To rebuild Raymond First Baptist Church. Now you say, well, it's not broken. Now I'm not talking about rebuilding the structure as much as I'm talking about rebuilding a new season in this church. We've been through a lot of seasons over the years. I mean, I've known Amy for a long time. Stole her away from this church. (laughs) Got married to her and took her away from this area. And... uh, I've watched this church from afar, not when I was young because I wasn't really into church then, but uh, when I got a little older, I watched how things have gone and it's, there's been successes and then there's been ends and then there's been starts and then there's been ends. But that's normal in the life of a church, especially a church that's over 100 years old. The fact that you're still here, we're still here. That is an amazing thing. That means God's not done with us. And if you notice, the people of Jerusalem had come back but their place was in rubble. Now, this I wouldn't say that this church is in rubble, but I, I, I put some rubble up here. And we're not talking Barney either. Did you get that? Did you see what I did there? Thank you. I knew I had to do one corny thing there, you know. Anyway, here, here's some rubble. This just represents the, the, the state in which Jerusalem was in. The, all the material was there, but the gates had been off their, the protection and the gates were off their, their hinges and, and, and a lot of the wall was in rubble and, and in, in disarray. The stuff was there, but it just, they hadn't put it back where it needed to be in order to protect and to flourish again as a community. And I believe God wants this church 
to begin to head back towards that place where the walls are built and the gates are in place and we can begin to go forward and move ahead in the safety and the protection that God has for this community. How many agree with that? Okay, well listen, this gives me goosebumps when I talk about this. You can tell I'm kind of excited, can you? Yeah. Yeah. This is why I said yes. Because I knew as soon as I was asked, this is what I was supposed to talk about. Okay. Number one, here's what Nehemiah did. He was grieved for the state in which his homeland was in. So I call I'm calling this one, by the way, the state of the nation. He was grieved. He was sad. When he, remember when he heard the news from his fellow countrymen? He said, hey, how's everything going, by the way, down there? And they said, oh, uh, you haven't heard, huh? And they tell him this bad news. And instead of going, oh, that's too bad for them. I'm glad I'm the cupbearer over here. I have a salary, so that's good. He didn't say that. What did he do? Remember what we read in the Bible? He immediately was grieved over the, the fact that, oh my, it's not where it was supposed to be anymore. And it grieved him so much, it said that he mourned for a few days. And then not only did he mourn, he, he went to the point of not eating food. Now, that's a big deal. He fasted. And he prayed. And he, then he went even so he, he gets so far that he repents for the people. He confesses the sins of the nation. And that's how serious he is about this. He was grieved for the state of his homeland to the point of repenting and not just going, gosh, I feel so bad. Sorry, God, for all these different things. But then he says, I want to do something about it. So I'm going to throw out a challenge to you. And I'm going to say for the next couple of weeks, I want you to think about the things you might be grieved about. What are some of the things that you wish... Hey, I, you know, we stopped doing that. I wish we did that as a church. I wish, you know, I want you to look at where things have kind of fallen in a little bit, maybe backed off a little bit, maybe just not in the exact same place it should be. And if you're serious about it, maybe spend some time saying, God, I'm sorry for, for letting it go that way. Or maybe, maybe it wasn't your fault. It wasn't, definitely wasn't Nehemiah's fault. But he still spent time repenting and, and saying to God, you, you need to be the number one in our country. So in other words, want what God wants. How many of us want what God wants for Raymond First Baptist? Okay, that's a good thing. Let's spend some time repenting and then saying, you know what? I know it might take some, it's going to take some extra finances. It's going to take some extra time. I might have to, to uh, come here when I don't really want to and work on some stuff. Or I might have to agree with somebody that I don't really agree with, but I might have to just go with it because it seems to be the right thing to do. There might be some times that you are uncomfortable. Guess what? That's life. And if you really want to go forward, I'm sure it was not comfortable for Mr. Cupbearer who had a cushy, nice job next to the king. you got to understand... He gave the king all of his drink and everything. He sampled it before. He had everything he wanted to drink too. He had a good life. And he, blew, he, he goes out of it all. Because he was grieved. So it means he might be a little bit uncomfortable. Number two. He entreated the king for help. Remember how he was scared? He was shaken. When, when the king goes, wow, you don't look like yourself today. You're not feeling so good. Huh? Are you, it doesn't look like you're ill. Why are you so sad? And Nehemiah, Nehemiah goes, oh, under his breath, oh, Lord, help me. And then he starts to tell him, oh, I found out about my, my fellow people. He dared to entreat the king. And as a result of that, not only did he get what he wanted, <clears throat> but he got it funded too. Guess what? God supports people that are concerned about his people and his kingdom. He does that. But what do we need to do here? We need to pray. Entreat the king. Who is our king? King Jesus. That's who we entreat. That's who we... Maybe some of us need to just carve out some time in the morning and just get on our knees and pray. Lord, or before you get out of bed. Of course, I have a problem when I pray in bed. I usually end up seeing pink elephants and then hear, and wake myself up snoring. So I, have, I can't pray in bed. It doesn't work for me. You might be able to. I don't know. You can pray anywhere, by the way. You don't have to just pray in a church. You don't have to just pray. You can pray anywhere. God hears your prayers anywhere you are. Some of the craziest places, too. 
And some of the most eloquent prayers I know are, Help! Because he sees the heart. But if we really truly are grieved and we want to see this church grow and go forward, then we need to entreat the king because the king is the one who will provide. We can come up with our own plans and that's why people come up with all these plans in all sorts of ministries and you see them fall flat on their face all the time because they came up with the plan. But if God will show us what to do by speaking to us collectively, then I believe he will provide the funds to do what we need to do. Not just the funds, because you notice it's not just funds, it's favor and it's the ability, it's protection. There's, oh my gosh, there's tons of stuff that God provides when you entreat him. Number three, Nehemiah was realistic about the amount of work it was going to take. That's why he didn't go in right away and say, hey guys, here I am. I'm so awesome, I'm going to help you rebuild the walls. Yeah. He went in quietly, and at nighttime, instead of going out during the day with a big uh, sign on the side of his horse, Nehemiah Incorporated, building the walls, he didn't have any of that. He went out in the middle of the night, didn't tell anybody, and he, and he made a survey. He went back and forth, up and down the wall, looked at everything, made notes, I'm sure. And he thought, how are we going to do this? And God gave him insight. I'm sure he was praying as he went. And then he came up with a plan that God gave him to put it back together again. Now, I'm not sharing that plan this week. I'm sharing that plan in a couple of weeks of what he gave to the people to do. And you're going to see something interesting. I believe it was only 55 days later that all the walls and the gates were built and hung again. That's a miracle. There was no way that it, this huge undertaking could have been done that quick if it wasn't for God. But he was realistic. He went and said, oh gosh, we are in big trouble. There, it is really bad. It's, this doesn't look like much at all. We're in trouble. But God, you're able to put it back together. And then number four, he and his people were willing and ready to start the good work. Do you notice that when he went to talk? Remember, he finally reveals to them, hey, guys, here I am, and I went and looked at your walls. Actually, he was, he was smart. He said, I went and looked at our walls. He, Nehemiah was such a cool leader. You notice that he worked alongside everybody. He didn't say, us and them. He went out and he looked at Look at our walls are broken down. There's a lot of stuff that we need to do here. Um, and he gave a, he must have, I would love to hear the speech that he gave. I bet it was inspiring. Because when he got done, all the people in the, in, that were listening went, yes, yes, we want to do it, yes. You're talking about a massive amount of work and a whole bunch of money. And, and they said, yes, let's do it. Let's start it. Wow, that's awesome. So for us, what does that mean? Yeah, sure, of course we want. We want to grow. We want to see more people. We want to touch the, the Raymond area for Jesus. There's also, we want to do all sorts of stuff, I'm sure. But the key was, they all said, we are available. They didn't just say, good job, Nehemiah, go ahead and do it. And that's usually what we do. We hire somebody, and I'm not saying that you hire me to do everything for you. I'm not saying that at all. That's not what we're doing here. But I just want to clarify that. Uh, usually what we do, though, is we'll say, well, let's hire a staff. Because, see, I've been on, on staff at a big church. Big, big, big church. And they, they, they would just hire people to do what they wanted because they couldn't get volunteers. They had enough money. Let's hire people to do what we want. And that was great and everything. And stuff got done to a certain point. But there wasn't a feeling of community. There wasn't a feeling of, this is us, you guys. This is what we're doing. This is how... Their, Nehemiah was smart. Mostly because he was listening to God. And he said, guys, do you want to do it? They all said, yes, we want to do it. We're available. Tell us what we need to do. That gives me goosebumps again. Be available. And last but not least, here's what we're going to get, though. I just want you to be aware that as soon as people, the enemy begins to understand that we are trying to build and go forward, he will scream and yell. Because when you rattle the chain of the enemy, just like when 
the Doberman Pinscher would, would uh, run out to me to the end of his leash and, and sit there. If you rattle his chain, he's not going to sit there and sleep. He's going to come running. And look what happens. The enemy heard that they were going to rebuild and went crazy, not just because they were going to rebuild, but because the king had funded a bunch of it and he had armies with him. I mean, they were like, hey, what about us? Are we chopped liver? How come he's helping them? Jealousy and, and envy and spite and all this other junk starts to come up to the surface, surface and they went crazy and they began, we're going to find out, they began to plan traps. They started figuring out how to ambush and, and stop the work as much as they could so that it couldn't be done. They did not want to have the people of God functioning again. Because they had the run of the land. They could do what they want. They could come and go. They could come steal whatever they want. When the walls and the gates went back up, they couldn't do that anymore. The enemy couldn't come in and grab all the stuff and run. They were going to be forced to have to do their own thing. And they were not happy about that. So what did they do? They got all messy. And they and you'll see. We'll read about it. It's fascinating what they do. But again, God gave wisdom to Nehemiah and the leadership and to the people and they were able to stop them from really... Well, I don't want to give you too many uh, spoilers, but you can read ahead. And I would imagine most of us have read it at one time or another, but... Oh, okay. I'll give you spoilers. They're, they're able to stop it. But, for us, get ready for resistance. As soon as I'm done and I say amen today, we take communion. You're going to walk out of here and there'll be somebody that says, Oh, you did what? You guys are planning what? You got an interim pastor. What? Oh, that'll, you know what? We have a great program over. Just come on over, over here because we got stuff going, you know. And you're going to hear it from, you're going to get resistance from everywhere. All of a sudden, that little annoying thing will go, you don't really have enough time to put into this. No, come on. Remember that ministry? Yeah, you may have had great times in that ministry before, but not, we don't, yeah, you shouldn't really be doing that anymore. Oh, come on. You won't be appreciated, but you're going to hear it all. Just remember, I told you we're going to hear it. You're going to hear resistance because the enemy's not going to sit still for this. He's not very happy at all. Are you kidding? He, you know what he likes to do? He likes churches to close their doors. He likes it when people don't hear the gospel. He doesn't want anybody to hear about Jesus. Are you kidding? So our challenge, everybody. Our challenge for the next couple of weeks is to pray for two things. One, how does our life be rebuilt? Maybe we've let things slack off a little bit in our own hearts. How do we rebuild our lives? How do we, how, how do we begin to repent for the things that maybe we're doing and, and come back into that right relationship with God? How do we do that? That's the first thing we need to pray for, for our own lives. Because you know what? The, the, the body, the church, really isn't a building. It's people. And whether you like that or not, tough. I've, you know what? I've seen beautiful buildings, $2.1 million buildings, gorgeous facilities, but rotten inside. Because the people aren't. And then you can come to a building that says, it's okay and everything. It's not the building. It's the people. You're the church. We're the church. We may go into a church, into the four walls, but we are a church. And when we walk outside and go to our everyday lives, we're the church out there. So our challenge is to make sure that our lives are right before God. And then second, we need to pray for this church, Raymond First Baptist Church. As we, as a body of believers, seek God's will for the church, we, want, we need to ask God every day from now on. I just need a commitment. Let's pray. God, show us who your pastor is for this church. We want, to, we want to find the right person. And how do we reach our community? With the love of Jesus. How many would commit to that? Saying, yeah, I'll pray that way. Okay, Let's do that. Let's do that. And let's see what happens. Because I believe, I believe that the book of Nehemiah wasn't just written for a cute little story that we read in Sunday school. And I think it's there specifically for the human condition when we go through seasons and we come to an end and we start up into a new one. This, we're start, folks, we're starting into a new season. Are you excited? 
I'm excited about it. I don't know exactly where it's going to head, but God knows. And if we seek him and we continue to love Jesus as a body of believers, we're going to see. The rubble will start to form. And I'm going to share with you in a couple of weeks the plan that God gave Nehemiah and how the people were blown away by it. They were like, what? And it worked. It worked. And I guarantee you, you will be inspired. You'll go, it can't be that simple. But you know, most of the time the gospel is very simple, straightforward, and it works. So you'll just have to wait. You've got two weeks to wait. Are you ready? All right, let's pray. Lord, thank you for your word. Your word is so inspirational. And God, right now we do. If, if there's any of us here that, that have been playing around with stuff we should be playing around with or, or just not close to you like we should be, then Lord, we repent right now. We just, we just say no more. I'm going to live my life for you, Jesus. Now I'm not going to be perfect. I know that. And I know you forgive me and I ask you to forgive me. Give me grace, Lord, to walk humbly before you and to do all that you want me to do in my life for you. And then, Lord, help us as a church. Give us vision and speak to our hearts. And as we get together at the, at the, uh, the business meeting and uh, as members and committees and all the things that we'll do here in the future, Lord, would you just reign over that time and give us all grace. And give us ideas that we might share and throw those into the, to the mix and let you be the Lord of this church. We pray for that. And thank you again that your Bible is truth. In Jesus' name, amen. And there you go, the message from the First Baptist Church in Raymond this morning. Um, they hired me as their interim pastor, so I've been uh, working with them and helping them with the direction of their church. They're looking for a pastor and all that jazz, so I'm helping them with that. And uh, the messages that I've been sharing, um, you know, you can apply them to your own life. You don't have to, obviously, you don't have to be at the church to to make, you know, to look at something that you can get from this. Uh, and in fact, this series, uh, Rising from the Rubble, has a lot to do with, you know, when you've had a rough time or gone through a rough season, how do you start over again? And so that's kind of what this particular one is all about. So I hope you enjoyed it and I hope it spoke to your heart. And if you have any questions at all, if you ever have any questions about the Bible or, or about what we talk about, you're more than welcome to write to us. All you have to do is write to rick at takehimwithyou.com. You can write to Amy as well, amy at takingwithyou.com. And you can visit our website at takingwithyou.com. Very, very easy. And if you feel like uh, donating or helping out, that's awesome too. We certainly can use the help. Um, you know, cost money to have the internet and have the web space and the podcast space and all that jazz too. So anything you can help with is really good. If it blesses you, then please help us out a little bit. That would be awesome. All right, well, I guess that's it. I'm going to head on out, and um, I'll see you on the radio if you ever want to listen to me. I'm, I'm on kicks953.com from 10 to 2 West Coast time every day, uh, except for Sundays. And, uh, yeah, I'd love to hear from you if you want to uh, send an, e an email or something like that. That would be awesome. You've been listening to the Take In With You podcast, uh, copyright 2014, all rights reserved. See you next week. Yeah,